and welcome to an old-fashioned rootin' tootin' shoot 'em up kind of episode of The Legal Geeks. I'm here with my partner, as always, Josh Gilliland. Hey, Josh, how are you? Howdy, Pilgrim. <laughs> All right, and we're here, obviously, to discuss with the aid of my son's uh, equipment here, <laughs> a special cowboy episode of The Legal Geeks. Right, Josh? We are, specifically... The classic 1962 film, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, that starred Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne, the two, one of the two times they appeared together. Oh, all right. And I have heard of the, um, the, uh, the movie just because of the name. I remember that. That's a cool name. I just think Liberty's an awesome name, by the way. I met a little girl once with that name, Libby for short. I'm like, that is a fabulous name. Anyway, um, tell me a little bit about what it is besides the fact that it's obviously a Western so it begins set in the very late 19th century or early 20th century. And the main characters, who is Jimmy Stewart, who is now a U.S. senator, going back to the town that he landed in when he went out west, possibly New Mexico, but they don't say which one. Okay. And one of the local cowboys there had died, and he... His wife and others are going to say goodbye. And the press catches wind of, why is he here? And they go out to talk to him. Now, Liberty is actually the villain in the movie. And Ooh, it's, a nice little twist there. And it's ta- uh, told in a flashback as Stewart tells the story of what happened uh, with the man who shot Liberty Valance, and why they're here to say goodbye to this cowboy who died pretty much in poverty. Well, what character does John Wayne play? The dead cowboy at the beginning. Oh. And so... You know that John Wayne dies right from the very beginning? That's a oh, good twist. Uh, well, which is ironic because the other film they're in together is The Shootist, which was John Wayne's final movie. Oh, okay. He made it while dying of cancer. And in a, you know, Ron Howard's in it. And in that, it's also said at the late uh, 19th century, beginning of the 20th, and he, he knows he's dying and he wants to die on his birthday. So he basically invites other gunfighters that have been his enemies over the years for one final shootout. Whoa. Oh, I've got to see that. That's cool. So it dies. It ends with his death because he you know, gets shot in the shootout. And, and Stewart survives that one as well. So that's the, the two times oh. that we appeared together. And in both of those times, uh, John Wayne dies. Whoa. All right. Well, back to Liberty Valance. What are the main legal issues? I mean, this is what, the old Wild West. I'm assuming there was a general lack of uh, law and order. But what were the main legal issues in this one? So you have Jimmy Stewart, who plays an attorney. So you instantly like him if you're the lawyer because he's going out west to build his law practice. He's got his law books with him. And, you know, here's somebody who believes in the cause. He believes in law and order and that we don't need guns, that we can solve our problems because we have laws. And on the ride out, they get their stagecoach gets robbed by Liberty Valance and his gang, and Valance uh-huh. is a hired gun for the cattle barons, so they basically have domestic terrorism taking place 
to repress the local populace. Wow. And some of the big issues are literacy, voting rights, and the vote to become a state. Because part of the mantra is statehood represents progress. And the huh? cattle barons don't want statehood because they want the open range so they can have their cattle business and keep being rich. Almost like they like the feudal kind of system almost that they had set up, eh? It is a wonderful symbol of campaign finance reform. Why do you say that? Because you have a special interest that could buy its way into an election, control the results, and repress the majority. Yeah. And by hire, having hired guns who could go out and terrorize, they were imposing their will upon the masses. And with Jimmy Stewart's character being there, encouraging democracy. And after getting mugged, you know, he, you know, there's a talk of, uh, you know, he needs a gun. And he has this wonderful quote, I don't want a gun. I'm a lawyer. And you have. Oh, I'm have, a lawyer and I'm kind of having fun with this gun right now. I'm like, this is nice. <laughs> Doesn't know that you play with his toys. He found this for me. He was very excited about my dressing up for tonight. He offered up his double barrel shotgun, too. <laughs> awesome. Uh, rock on. Uh, good job, little dude. Good job. So we have issues of this town that's being repressed. And Stuart brings them. He opens a little school, and he starts teaching the kids and the adults how to read. And knowing that this was in 1962 and things with the Freedom Riders taking place and the Civil Rights Movement really gearing up, one of the characters is African-American. And he, too, is learning to read. And there's a poignant exchange between Stuart and this uh, man talking about the Declaration of Independence. And the, the character gets to, you know, the line of all men are created equal, and he has a tough time saying it. And Stuart replies, a lot of people have problems with that line, which was, I believe, a pointed shot of what was happening in the country in 1962. Way to go, Hollywood and Jimmy Stewart. Bam, bam, getting the bad guys. That's awesome. Well, it was, Stewart was one heck of a brave human being, being the World War II bomber pilot, he was in command. He flew lead, so he was target practice for the Germans. Wow. Now, he became a brigadier general. Uh, he was a staunch Republican, campaigned heavily for Nixon and Reagan, and, you know, believed in the cause, the, the very old view cause of, of the Republican Party from the 50s and 60s uh, of the time. So very, very interesting human being. Huh. Wow. I will back to the movie for a minute. What about the sheriff? I'm assuming the sheriff like me had a white hat, right? The good guy? Uh, he was a morbidly obese, incompetent fool. More of the boss hog type? Uh, no, he made Roscoe Biko look competent. <laughs> uh, absolute coward, spineless. And that's part of the reason why you have lawlessness taking place and domestic terrorism. Uh is because law enforcement is so weak. Uh, he goes to the local you know, uh, steakhouse saloon 
and gets free stakes. And these aren't just any stakes. They look like quadruple porterhouses that they're knocking back a 96-ouncer. And you see him knock one down and ask for a second. And it's just the absolute slob of a human being, and that's the local law enforcement. Ah. Wow. All right. Well, you're making this movie intriguing. I'm obviously into cowboy mode right now. I actually want to go watch The Quick and the Dead again with Sharon Stone. That's one of my favorite cowboy movies. Um, but is there anything else you've obviously talked about, the, kind of the commentary on civil rights? Was there anything else that you picked up in the film, uh, issues that it was representing? Well, there are several. You have this desire for law and order and that we don't need violence. And you, there are lines in there of, you better listen to him, he's a lawyer. Nice. Uh, but... You also have other ones. You can't shoot back with law books. Uh, And so the rule of law is absolutely useless without force. So you need a police force to work with the judiciary in order to have an effectively balanced society. Because if not, law enforcement, you know, goes amok. You know, you need to have that balance in order for things to work. And that's, of course, you have Wonder Woman, because she's got, of course, the lasso of truth, but she also has some awesome bracelets. What are the bracelets called? But she can hit the bullet back. So she's got both. That's what's awesome. She's got the police power and the law and order right there. That's why Wonder Woman is the best. We normally prefer more of a separation of powers issue. <laughs> All right, that's true. Unless it's Wonder Woman. <laughs> there were other issues of voting rights. And so you, okay. have, you have immigrants who are proud to go vote. And so when, this, hmm. when the husband of, of the saloon goes out to vote for the first time, takes his citizenship papers with them, and is good to go. He is very proud to be a U.S. citizen and proud to go vote. No comment on the wife staying home not voting? It, that, they didn't go there, but that yeah. was one of the things. But she was very proud that he was going off to vote. The other half of that is when Liberty Valance, who doesn't live in the area, takes his lackeys to interrupt the election to elect representatives to determine statehood. Uh, They say, you're not from here. And he takes the point of view that, you know, my home is where my hat is and I can be anywhere. Uh It, It is a wonderful message for the importance of voter ID laws. Because oh, let's not even go there, Joshua. That's uh, <laughs> it was a poster child for that because without it, there was voter fraud taking place. Look at it. And just like that, like all the voter fraud things, it's fictional, too. That's what the Republicans have to rely on for their voter uh, fraud. They have to point to movies. See, it happened in this movie. Therefore, we need to suppress voter turnout. Oh, we can talk more about that later because I strongly <laughs> disagree with that. But, All right, and this vlog just took an ugly turn, so <laughs> we're going to stop now before you see Josh and I get into one of our heated disagreements. That's a whole separate vlog we'll do. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's one of the messages that it sends inadvertently from 1962. <laughs> so, you, uh, anyway, I'm going to bite my tongue now before I go down any other roads. All right, anything else the film represents, Josh? Those are... You get into the issue of self-defense because you have the lawyer who can't shoot straight because he's a lawyer, not a gunfighter, uh, knows that Liberty Valance is in town, knows that he wants to kill him. Uh, Valance beat up 
the other elected official that they had to suppress and destroy democracy. And when Stuart goes out to confront him, he, you know, uh, balanced toys with him. One shot to scare him, another shot across the head, once in the arm. And when Stuart raises his gun to take a shot and fires, John Wayne is watching and shoots Liberty Valance at the same time that Stuart's character fires. Ah, nice. So everyone thinks Jimmy Stewart shot the bad guy, when in reality he did not. And uh-huh. so his career tr- uh, path takes off because of this. And John Wayne's character dies in obscurity. I see. And that's why he's coming back. All right. I get it all now. The whole movie comes together. Very cool. Well, you have ruined the ending for me. So spoiler alert next time you do that, Josh. <laughs> I mean the truth. It's... <laughs> I was going to watch that movie. It was on my Netflix queue. <laughs> 1962. <laughs> 51 years ago. I know, that's a whole other silly debate. Well, anyway, well, thank you. This has been an awesome time. I'm having a good time playing Cowboys here. Tomorrow my kids and I will totally be doing this all over the house. Um, And uh, thank you for the semi-education on what the film represents. There's obviously (laughs) some disagreements there, but uh, otherwise, very good time. So thank you very much. Say howdy to all your partners. I'm going to go belly up to this loom now. I'll go crack open a law book. So thank you, America. <laughs> Good night. I'll have more fun tonight than you. <laughs> Bye, Josh. <laughs>